you probably memorized uh, maybe early on as a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Christ, you, I'm sure you've heard these words. Uh, let me see. If I started it, I bet you can finish it. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the way. That's what we're calling it today. Or uh, another word would be, hey, the gospel. I am the gospel. So we'll talk about that today. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn over today to John chapter 14. Will you turn there with me? We've just kind of been making a progression through some of the chapters of John as we find ourselves in this powerful series called The I Am's of Jesus. So I just want you to look there with me. Uh, this morning, hopefully you were handed a worship guide when you came in, and it'll just be of a, of a help to you to get us started in our time together. If you look there at the very top today of your notes, there's, I, I, I get you to just draw a box around it. It's a, it's a statement. It's a quote from James Merritt. He's a pastor over in Georgia. He's a really, really good guy. I've, I've listened to him for years, and, and I like what he, how he says this. So just look there with me. I want to just read it. Jesus said the way to heaven is not a principle, not a practice, not a precept, not a philosophy. The way to heaven is a person. We can try to keep the golden rule and all the Ten Commandments. We can go to church, study our Bibles, pray, give lots of money to charity. And all of that would be great, but all that put together would not pave one brick on the road to heaven. Jesus is the way. I just underline that if you're taking notes. And if you're going any other way, you're just going the wrong way. You know, there's many roads in this life. You know, Jesus best said it one day. He says, there's a road and it's very extremely narrow and few will find it. But there's another road and it is broad. It's a highway that leads to destruction. It's a, it's a road that leads to hell itself. But I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you want to get on that road. And I love where Jesus puts that in there for us because the just I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Maybe you're already thinking about it. You're like, ah, you know, this sounds like a conversation I've had with some of my friends in the past or this week, or I've been avoiding a conversation because they say you're so exclusive, exclusivity, you know, you're so exclusive about your faith. And, and so there's all this unrest among Christians because a lot of times we go, well, we seem to be exclusive. And people are like, man, you're excluding me. You know, you're so narrow. Has anybody ever been called narrow-minded but me? It is a good thing when somebody calls you narrow-minded when it comes to your faith. It, it really is. You're saying, well, I didn't feel so affirmed when they said you were narrow-minded. Well, I, I know for me, maybe for you, I remember before I came to Christ, that, that this mind was really pretty broad, and it would just really entertain and embrace basically anything, any philosophy of the world. And, and it's so cool that God saved me as I was in my freshman year at university because I've watched so many people that go off to university and they've not really, really studied the apologetics of how to defend their faith. And they're really kind of baby, immature Christians. And they let some really erudite professor steer them away from the faith. And, and I've watched so many people and it just seems like it's increasing the number that people are walking away from the narrow-mindedness of Jesus. And Jesus, I think, said that that would happen in the last days. So if, if you've been accused of being narrow-minded for your faith, that could be a good thing. I think it is. Because I will say this unapologetically, Jesus Christ was dogmatic. <laughs> I know you're going, man, what scripture is that? <laughs> Read the scriptures. I mean, Jesus is meeting with the religious leaders, the Pharisees, 
And they're just like all over him about anything, especially when he claims to be God. They're like, wait a minute, he claims to be God because he was. So Jesus, I just want you to know, I want you to walk out here today encouraged. I want you to walk out here loving everyone. But I want you to be a little more narrowed in your focus of saying, yes, Christ is the gate. We, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Jesus was the, the door. He was the gateway. He's the only way to enter to the Father. So other belief systems, they, they try to hitch on to different things, maybe even aspects of the gospel, but they don't embrace the full gospel of Christ, or they don't embrace Jesus is the way. They say maybe he is a way, maybe he's one of the ways, but I would be so narrow-minded, I would say Jesus is the way because Jesus said it and the church said, I mean, he, he is. He, he didn't go, well, you know, I think there's a lot of doors. I think there's a lot of highways that you can follow. I think there's a lot of paths to God. I mean, I hear that all the time. I'm amazed how many people are deeply spiritual. They're, they're spiritual. I think they're, in, and then they're incredibly sincere, and they're sincere. But I believe in my heart of hearts, according to God's word and the testimony of the scriptures, I believe they're sincerely wrong if they don't attach to Jesus Christ being the only way to the Father. Now, all these things, charities, good works, being kind to widows and to the poor and to the needy and giving and sharing and living and being a kind person and works, all those are good and those are demonstrations for the body of Christ and we should have those. But to somehow think, if, if I do enough of this good stuff, God's going to say, well, come on in. You're, you're accepted. Then it literally negates Christ. It, it negates the gospel of what he's come for. Uh, Jesus, listen to what he says over in John, not in 14, but if you flip over to John 4, 13 through 14, listen to what Jesus said. He starts with this word, everyone. Who is everyone? All. It's all-inclusive. He goes, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of this water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. But everyone, uh, another verse says, whosoever would come. Everyone, whosoever. That's inclusive. That's, that's for us. That, that's important. Uh, just uh, a few weeks ago, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me walks not in darkness, but they will have the light of life. That's what Jesus said. The water that I give him will become him a spring of water to eternal life. I'm the light of the world. And then Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and then I will give you rest. It's one of the beautiful features, distinctives of Jesus. He gives rest to our weary soul. You know, as we come in and gather on the weekends, some of you come in really physically depleted. You come in spiritually exhausted. You come in emotionally spent. And somehow by the grace and the mercy and the love of Christ, I pray that we get nourishment, we get refreshed. Uh, you know, Jesus, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, you know, I keep hammering this because I just pray that that would sink deep in my heart and yours today. And we go, Christ, you are the way. And so I, I want you to just look. I'm not, I was going to have you stand again, but I won't. Do, do you want to stand or you rather sit down? That's what I figured. Okay. Okay. Doug's on vacation this weekend, so we'll let you sit down. If Doug was here, Doug would be like, I want him to stand up. 
Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, and I like for you to stand up, but today I'll let you sit. All right, listen to this. John 14. Turn, turn to John 14. All right, hold your Bible out. Let me see if you got them. See, this, this is good. All right, John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. One translation says, many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Then verse 5, my favorite character. I'm named after him. I'm Thomas. I mean, that's my name, Thomas Keith. I went over to the school that day for my granddaughter to see her at a Valentine's thing, and they printed out in the office, and they put on there Thomas Waldron for my driver's license. And my granddaughter looked profusely confused. <laughs> we were sitting there having lunch, and she said, Pop, I have a question. I said, what's your question? She goes, who is Thomas? Because, <laughs> see, my name is Pop. I lost all my personality. My name is Pop, and, and it's the most devoted title I have. But when she saw Thomas, she was like, I am confused. Pop, I think they gave you the wrong, wrong tag. But I am Thomas. So here we go. Let's go back to the text. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? <laughs> confused. But then verse 6. See, Jesus gives an answer to the question. Don't you, don't you love that Jesus gives answers? Does Jesus always give us the answer we want? No. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we get it in part. Sometimes we're not ready for it. But here, he just answers it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, they were looking for a destination. They were looking for a place to go. Here it is. We live in the day of social media and Google Maps and all these uh, apps. And when I get ready to go somewhere, do you do this? I put it in my phone. How many of you put it in your phone and that's how you know where you're going? Yeah, I do it all the time. And then sometimes you have these little apps and they drop a pin. Don't you like it when it drops a pin? When it drops a pin, it's like, this is where you are, but this is where you should go. And all they want to know, they want to know the destination. But Jesus, I think it was so much bigger. It's like, no, no, the, the destination is heaven. But I, I, I am who I say I am. I am the way to the Father. Embrace me. That's what I want you to do. That's the gospel, embracing Christ. But Jesus, I just want to know, how do I go to heaven? See, that question people ask me all the time. How do I get to heaven? Well, there's one way. Ah, oh, no, that's too exclusive. It's exclusive. It's narrow. I've already covered that. But Jesus says, I am the way. So I pray that we would embrace him every day, and we'd encourage our friends to embrace him. See, Jesus didn't go, I am religion. <laughs> I'm glad he did. He says, I'm a ritual. I'm a set of rules. I'm the regulations you must follow. No, that's not what Jesus said. He just says, hey, I'm going to separate myself from all other faiths. Have you ever studied war religions? Maybe some of you have, some of you haven't. And they have all these different paths to God. And some of them seem to be very similar in nature. And so it goes all through this. But then the prophet, the rabbi Jesus himself, he gets extremely focused, extremely exclusive when he says, I am the way. Uh, I've been told this before I came to Christ. Be nice. Be a good American. Be a, now I have a Canadian son-in-law. Be a good Canadian. Be a good African. Be a good whoever. Just be good. Well, being good is good. That's nice. Does that get you to Jesus? Does that get you to heaven? No. Do mission work. Surely if you do enough missions, you will go to heaven because you'll earn your way. No, no you won't. 
uh, if you just get enough power and status in the body of Christ, in the church, you'll certainly earn your way. No, you won't. There's a lot of religious people. If you'll take care of the poor and the needy and all that, you won't get there. Because, write it down, it's so foundational for you and me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And the Apostle Paul just says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of yourselves. It is literally the gift of God, not of works that anyone should boast. See, God didn't want us boasting about our accomplishments, about our righteousness, about our goodness. God wanted him, his son, to be the famous one. He wanted us to trust only in his son to make us viable, to make us available, to make us accessible, that we could go to heaven through the precious blood of Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the scripture quickly says, There is no salvation found in any other name under heaven but except the name of Jesus. And he is the name. He is the one that we have to come to to be accepted. So fill it in. So you see here, I am the way. Look at point one. It, it didn't have a number one, but it starts with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Just number that number one. Jesus is the only highway to heaven. Y'all remember that show that used to come on, I think in the 80s, Highway to Heaven? Yeah, okay. Some of you are like, oh, I wish they'd bring stuff like that back. I don't know. Okay, here, here he is. But Jesus said, hey, this is the way you're going to get to the Father. This is how you're going to be saved because you trust in me. This narrow way. Uh, two gates, wide destruction, narrow life, eternal life. That's what God wants. Two destinations, life, destruction. Choose your path. Choose your road. And that's what I pray, that, Lord, I, I want to choose the road that leads to fullness. I want to choose the road that gives abundant life. I certainly, I want to choose the road that leads to eternal life in the kingdom of God. I want to choose the road of the gospel. But we can choose different roads. Romans, there's a, there's a, a salvation technique sharing strategy. It's called the Roman road. You can go all through the book of Romans, how you lead somebody to Christ. Certainly, there's uh, the Gospel of John. I could just talk, just walk you through the book of Romans, you could get saved. Just walk you through the book of John. It's, I mean, there's so many different passages of Scripture. It just lays out the Gospel for us, and we could believe, embrace, experience, trust, rest in, commit to, not intellectually so much, although it's important. We commit our hearts, our hearts, our lives. We entrust everything to Christ, and Christ is able to keep that which we entrust to Him against that day. That's what God does. Um, so I look at this scripture and I just love that they're, they're, they're looking for direction is what the people are looking for. How many times do you and I look for direction? A lot. I mean, we're out on the road, we're going on a trip, we, we want a map, we want direction. We're in life, we're, we're asking for God to lead us to direct our path. And in that process, somehow, we, we just like, uh, all the time I'm talking to people, praying with people, and so many times they'll say, I just want guidance. I just want to know what to do. And here's what some people will do. And this is always a little scary. Keith, could you tell me what to do? They want to take their mind, their heart, their faith. They want to take all that out of it. They just want me. You tell me what to do. How many of you right now, how many of you now when you look back, wasn't it fun being young and dependent on your mom and dad? Wasn't it fun that they told you what to do? Keith, Keith, come here. You need to eat. Nobody tells me to come eat now. They go, you need to come eat. And this was my favorite thing in school. Keith, we need to have cookies and milk. Ha, 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 I'm coming. And then the worst part of the day, but it was really cool. Now we need to take a nap. I hated nap time. 
But I think the world would be a much nicer place if we instituted nap time every afternoon. Could y'all imagine that? And see, I've been in other countries of the world preaching the gospel, and they take siestas. They take naps. They're serious about that. Things just kind of shut down, and they start up again. And I I think, well, maybe maybe that would help us. But here, direction comes. God wants us to get direction. You can see, when Jesus says, I am the way, Jesus doesn't go, there's another door. Jesus doesn't go, "There's there's there's a plan B. There's a plan C. No, Jesus didn't ever say that. Jesus said, I am the way. Period. Exclamation point. It, it, you, know, you know why this is so controversial? Because it strikes at the core of our flesh. It strikes at the core of religion. And it does. And it dismantles religion because it's a relationship with the living Christ that all paths don't lead to God. Uh, you know, when you look at all these different world religions, there's no doubt there is such un- there's distinctives, but there's this uniqueness of Christianity. Jesus very clearly states, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I will lead you into his presence. I remember when I said last week, and I talked to you about being awakened. I remember when I was awakened spiritually, and I realized that's now I had a relationship with my Heavenly Father, with Abba. And I can know him, and he would guide me, and he would protect me, and he would watch over me, and he would certainly direct me if I would listen to his voice. I'm the sheep of his pasture he's the good shepherd so lord help us to lead listen listen to this jesus said follow me and i'll show you how to find truth huh, that's not what it says that's what religion says jesus says follow me because i'm the truth the religious leaders say follow me and i'll show you the way to salvation but jesus says huh, i am the way to eternal life i am life abundant other religions say follow me and i'll show you many doors that lead to god but jesus he discounted that one <laughs> he says i am the door I'm the gate, and no one enters unless they come through me. You see how all these I am statements are weaving through this message today called the gospel, called the way. I am, I am the way. Jesus says, just follow after me. So we, we struggle. We want to earn favor with God. I, I certainly, how, how many of you want favor with God? Everybody wants favor with God, don't you? I mean, we want favor with God. Not that somehow we can be accepted because of our favor and our goodness and our righteousness. The scripture says our our righteousness is as filthiness as, as dirty rags unto the Lord. It's just it's yuck. And yet God calls us to live and lead righteous lives that are based on Christ, that follow after Christ. So, Lord, we, we, we want to, I, I guess what I'd say is the Lord wants me and you to give up trying and to start trusting more and fully and completely. So here it is. Jesus is the only highway to heaven. Look, it's two. Truth is and, and I say it in so many ways, in so many different weeks, but Jesus is a, a truth is a person. Truth is the person of Christ. It's Jesus. He introduces us to the Father. And see, when you see truth as a person, you're on your way. Because you see that Jesus is for you. That, because it's so easy to believe and adhere to the lies of this world that have deceived many their hearts, their minds have been darkened. And then one day, through the power of the gospel, God quickens, he awakens, he satisfies our mind, he transforms us, he redeems us, he changes us. Wasn't it beautiful when Christ changed your thinking, he changed your mind, he gave you a new heart? Was that a good day? It was the best day I've ever found. The day that I knew my sins were forgiven, that I was accepted in the beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ, in him alone. 
that he could never love me more than he loved me that day. He could never love me less. He was for me. And then he began this work. As he's began it in you by faith in Christ. So, Lord, we, we, we claim, we trust, we, we want to run to you. Lord, you, you say I am the truth. You claim to be God. You, you are God. So there's, there's two attitudes that people have. I want you to write them down. They're not in your notes, but I think they're good. Two attitudes that people have toward truth. Number one, they reject truth. They reject Jesus. They, they, they push him away. They snub their nose to the gospel. I see that all the time. The sad thing is in 2020, it's becoming epidemic proportions. More and more people will not believe they want to be so tolerant of, of all world religions and always lead to the gospel and always lead to heaven, and they don't. That's why I'm going to be this preacher the days that God gives me in the life. I want to point people to Jesus. I want you to see the might, mighty and the exalted Christ. He is the way. And the church said, amen. He's the way. You're saying, Pastor, man, you're just convincing the convinced. Well, I hope, I hope it, hope it just gives you spiritual roots and, and you dig deep. But maybe if you're not convinced, maybe today by the power of the word, God will convince you. But two people, two attitudes, reject truth. Here, here's the one that I love. You reject truth or you embrace truth. You only have two choices. Push it away, reject it. No, too, too narrow. I'm too educated for that. Or you embrace the truth of the gospel. See, I, I still remember when I went off to Emory. I was very grateful for the education I received. It was a very academic seminary, very great place. Very educated intellectual minds were there. The professors were so sharp. But I, I still remember this as I, as I got ready to go. My home church, some of the people said, we pray. I, I still remember some old saints got around me and they said, we pray that they do not corrupt your mind for Christ, that you don't think you get so educated that you know more than God, or you think you do, or that you somehow leave the focus of Christ. And I thought, okay, well, you know, that, that was sweet, you know, whatever. And then I started t attending classes. Hmm. Hmm. And then I, I met some solid evangelicals in my school that taught. But then I had some that they were nice. And I never knew progressive, we called them liberals in that day, liberal-minded thinking people could smile at me so big and give me such air. Have you ever been in those circles? And they were so much smarter than me, but I knew in my spirit this was not the truth of God's Word. And I still remember sitting in an Old Testament class, and the professor tried to discount the miracles of the Old Testament. Oh, I was sitting back there in my chair just coming unglued. I was getting upset. I remember one day I had a class in an evangelism, and, and, and I said something uh, to the fact, that's just a bunch of liberal-minded bunk. I, that's wrong. And the professor, this is what happened to Pastor Keith. He walked over to my desk. He stood right in front of me, not to give me candy. And berated me for 20 minutes for my narrow-mindedness. And everybody in the class was like this. I basically did not open my mouth the rest of the class. And on the inside, I was standing up and screaming. Because I knew what I believed. I'd embraced this glorious gospel. And the church said, and that was decades ago. It's even gotten just worse. And, and, I, and I'm saying there's, a, there's great seminaries. That's not what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying we have to we have to know what we believe. We have to embrace Christ, the attitude of Christ. It's it's this fixed pitch that we we fix our minds on Him. Look at three. The gospel reminds me that He made a way for me to come to the Father. I love this because we we need that uh, grace and mercy. Listen to what John said. His grace, his mercy, his love are always grounded in truth. And his truth is never separated from his grace, his mercy, and his love. Because here's what John 1, 14 and 17 say. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. That is good news. Grace and truth came through Christ. Now, some of you have been wondering all morning what is going on here. I brought a prop. A ladder. Yeah. And as I think about it, I just want you to fill in number three if you have it. The gospel reminds me that he made a way for me and you to come to the father he did and so i'm going to use this i'm thinking about man so let's say because i know god dwells not in the temple made with hands he deals he dwells in the hearts of man but for so long and for illustrative purposes where would god be in this illustration come on you said out loud smart group god's on the top Okay, so we're down here. So, so God's way up there in the heavens. He's sitting up there and he's, you know, he's having goldfish and he's talking to disciples. No, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I know he's ruining his universe. But God's up there and we're down here. So we're down here and like, man, how can I reach God? So religion goes, I must make my way. I must pursue him. So I got to start climbing. And then I got to climb some more. You see, if I stay down there, I'm never going to be godly. I'm never going to make it into heaven. See, this is, so i, I got to pursue myself to him. And a, there's about 25% of different world religions and stuff. And they basically say, if I do this or this, I'll make a way or I'll, I'll make credence or I'll, I'll make a path to God. And, and that's going to work for me. And then you get to another one. And then another world religion would go, you know what? If I just... If I just meditate enough, if I just empty myself of self and I just meditate on these truths and not the truths of Jesus, I'll somehow earn a better standing with God and I'll begin to do that. But then there's another group. And this, yeah, it's getting scary. See, I'm scared of ladders. <laughs> the other group, they believe that we're going to be reincarnated and we're going to come back in different images. And I'm going. I don't want to come back as a cow. I don't want to come back as whatever. I mean, so they, they believe in reincarnation. It's probably 15% of the world believes in reincarnation. But then, but then, you're like, well, that's good, Pastor, but we're, we're Americans. We're Westerners. Okay, okay. So we believe so much of the world. If I do enough good stuff, I can somehow be good enough, and God will accept me. If I'll just be a good person, then I will make my way to heaven just by being good. And Rob, I see you coming this way. Good, because if this thing starts to fall, you catch it, brother, in Jesus' name. I saw that. That was awesome. Okay. 
Y'all are making me a lot more nervous. See, let me pause for a minute. You don't understand how much I love you that I'm doing this. I told you that I fell off a ladder at 22 feet when I was in high school. And it took me 10 years to get back on the ladder. I went to therapy. I didn't, but I should have. So me doing this for you, when I get just a little higher, that's as high as I'll go. Several reasons. I used a middle-sized ladder, and I won't go higher. Matter of fact, I'm getting a little wigged out right now. Okay, so, but then, but then. Okay, I'm going to take one more step. Okay, here it is. And you know, I, I've noticed this ladder's doing a little bit of this. Hey, y'all don't tell Donna. Donna's working with children. She doesn't know I'm on the ladder, okay? Thank you, Ralph. So, yeah, if you kick it, you, you, get, you get a new pastor next week. Okay, all right. But at the top here, here's what happens. You're, you're thinking now you've done enough good works and you've earned it, and you've earned your way to God. No, no, I hadn't. But here's what I love about the gospel. See, we think we've got to climb. That's called religion. We're climbing. We're, we're making our steps toward God. But here's what God does. I'm in my heaven. Rob, you're fixing to breathe easier. But God comes down to us, to man, to the ground. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, here you go. Now, some of you, I'm never going to forget that. I oh, mean, today, I mean, today we lost our pastor. He got on the ladder and it swayed for Jesus. You know, okay, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. D tell me, somebody took some pictures of that. Okay, send me those. Okay, because Doug was not here. He will never believe it. Okay, all right, here we go. So, whew, man, I'm bringing a lot. I think we need to go to lunch right now. I'm kind of wigged out. Okay, all right. So the gospel reminds me that God made a way for you and me to come to him because he came down to us he became man and dwelt among us the scripture said i read it earlier he was full of grace and truth that's jesus lord we're grateful for your presence that lord we don't have to jump so high or give so much money or do so many different things god you come to us and you call whosoever would come you want to make us yours so the path to heaven is really, is, I'm trying to describe it today, is a pretty obvious path through Jesus Christ. Without Christ, it didn't seem very obvious. It seems kind of crazy. It seems kind of ridiculous to me, and we, we don't get there. So the path is obvious, but this path is an open path. It's for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All who would acknowledge my son, Lord Jesus. Help us to do that. Thomas here says, or Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Thomas, to all of us. Nobody comes unless you come by the way. <laughs> Don't go. By the way of the ladder? No, no. By the way of the cross. Amen? We come by the way of the cross. But this was just meant to be just an illustration just to try to help us that here's what it is. Here's what the gospel is. The gospel is one beggar, one beggar, telling another beggar, about where they found the bread of life. And they want them to be nourished and to embrace it, that they can have their sins forgiven. And that's what I pray, that somehow you and I will begin to just be better faith storytellers, that we tell our story of how Christ redeemed us, that he is sufficient, that he is worthy, he alone is God. And he is able to rescue those that will call upon the name of Jesus. And we'll We'll just sit you over there and we'll trust in him, okay? All right, let's keep going.
All right. So I, I pray today by the Spirit of Christ, you just will feel truth. You'll receive truth. You'll believe it and fill it in the fourth one. There's absolute truth. His name is Jesus. See, what I do know is in the last 10 years, it's, been, it's always been there, but it's like it's just intensified the battle for truth. See, I believe in the absolutes of Scripture. I believe Jesus is absolutely the only way to get to the Father, to have my sins forgiven, to have eternal life. And absolute truth is a non-negotiable for this pastor. I hope it is for you. But there's a, there's a whole group, a whole bunch of society that disagrees and they don't believe there's absolute truth today. But I adhere to this, and, and I want to be tuned into him. I, I read this illustration. I thought it was good. Uh, there's an objective standard for pitch, for like concert choirs, for concert pitch, for band, for orchestras. And in, in the U.S., it has, it has a, a designation, and it's A440. Write it down, A440. It's a technical term. And it's, a, it's an A above the middle C. And all you that are musicians got it. And the rest of are like, huh? I don't get it. It's tuned to the frequency of 440 hertz, which means 440 cycles per second. And you, you tune in. It's like a, a tuning fork. An external objective standard has been set that we calibrate, that we adjust. And that's what Christ does. He adjusts us to the Father. Because we, on our own, we're not able. We, we're not going to make it. But when we embrace Christ, when we embrace the love of our Savior, this culture that is full of confusion, this culture that's full of chaos. How many of you think you live in a culture full of chaos? I do. But there is a fixed pitch. It is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he speaks to us. He speaks over his church. Do you hear his voice, church? Come mm -hmm. out to go back on the ladder again. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Church. You're right, Rob, stay there. I'm not going up any higher. Do you listen to his voice? I hope so. Because he's come down that we might hear him. We might listen to him. And we might behold him full of glory and grace and mercy for our souls in time of need. So there's absolute truth in the name of Jesus. Here's what I just write in the margin. Have you recognized your need for truth? And I'm going to give you these real quick. Write them down. These are great passages. Jeremiah 10, 10, 10, 10. The Lord is the true God. Psalm 18, 30. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord gives truth. Psalm 119, verse 16. The sum of your words is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endure forever. Isaiah 45, 19. Or as God says, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Now listen to this. Here's some more. I'm just going to give you a, almost like a Bible thing right now. You can like underline these and go look them up and mark them in your Bibles. Listen to Psalm 4011. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. And the church said, amen. His truth protects us. Psalm 8611. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Zechariah 816. These are the things that you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and, and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Wow, that would change the justice system. John 8, 31 through 32. If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth. And the truth will, the truth shall set. How many believe that? It will. It's what Jesus said. Here, I got a bunch more, but I'm just going to give you two more. 
1 Corinthians 13, 6. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. God's all about truth. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the belt of uh, righteousness in place. Lord, help us put on. Every day, I tell you all this over and over, but I want you to hear it one more time as I try to land this plane and we have communion. God wants you and me to put on the belt of truth. And every morning when I put it on, I go, Lord Jesus, I want to cling. I want to adhere. I want to embrace your truth today for my life. And I want my friends to embrace your truth. How many got a word this morning from the Lord? Amen? That's God's word for us today. He is faithful throughout the ages. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. He's honest. He's authentic. He's stable in truth. His character is truth. And then just fill in the box. The do side. Religion, just write down do. Religion is if I do enough stuff, if I do things, I make my way to God. That's the doing. But I love the done part. The done is where that God reminds me He has come down for you and me to embrace, to experience, to know intimately. He is our God. Uh, the scripture says he's our testimony his judgment is true and if we know the truth the truth shall set us free Um, so god comes for you and me there's a passage i believe it's going to come up jeremiah i think it's 1911 a revelation 1911 would you stand with me right now would you stand would you stand and i we're not leaving yet, but just stand. Okay, okay. Somebody's like, I gotta get my purse. Okay, let, let's read the word of God together. This is what the word says. Then I saw. All right, wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Hey, you're reading with me. Got it? Okay, let's do it again. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and. Hold on. When we get to truth, let's say it like we mean it. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. Jesus, the truth. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. You can be seated. Isn't that a great word?